Amen, church. Amen. Can we give God some praise for a new year today? It's awesome. It's so cool that I get to do this. I'm so honored to be able to, to speak to you today. And I want you, before I get started, you got to give the people around you some credit today because guess what? Somebody makes this joke every year, whether it's Monty or Casey, now me. i got to carry on the tradition. you got to tell somebody next to you they got perfect church attendance for the entire year of 2020 so far. That's awesome. Tell somebody to your right, to your left. Tell them you got perfect attendance this year. That's cool. That's a good thing, right? You want to have perfect attendance. I'm also trying my best, guys. I'm trying my best because I know everybody loves Pastor Monty. He's amazing. And, and we just got to give him some, some honor today. So I wanted, when he told me that I was going to be speaking, man, I started growing out this beard. That was like two months ago. So I wanted to be like Monty. I want you to get the, the perfect example of what it's like to be at Meadows Church, even though Pastor Monty's not here. But in all seriousness, I haven't prepared a message in a really, really long time. I'm the worship pastor here at Meadows Church. So I get to sing songs, and I get to do what I love, playing music, and I'm so honored and privileged to be able to do that. But man, what Pastor Monty goes through on a weekly basis to prepare a message is pretty amazing. I got to tell you guys, it's, it's been a grind this week, and so I just think we should give Pastor Monty, who's at Crossover today, we should give him some honor and some glory. Let's give him some praise. God does amazing things through our pastor, and he loves you so much. And like Rachel said, I can't be the only one in this place. Come on now. I can't be the only one in this place that's resolved to do something new or different to start off 2022, right? Come on. Somebody else, let's see a show of hands. You've resolved to do something new, something different. At any rate, I know that all of us, we want our life in 2022 to be the best version that we've ever had. We want 2022 to be the best year that we've ever had. And I believe that because I believe that when we go from an old season, from something that we used to do, we always want to step into something new. And a new year is such a great opportunity to do that. We're turning the page literally on a year that was. Whatever happened in 2021, it's, it's gone. It's done. It's over. You can, you can take great comfort in that. And, and I think that as we pursue what we want to do new this year, the most important thing that we could possibly do is know the love of God and love like Jesus. Amen. So when Pastor Monty gave me that topic to preach about, I was like, dang, like, that's kind of tough. That's not super, super centralized, super focused. The entire Bible, all 66 books, it's called the love letter, right? So loving like Jesus, knowing the love of God, like, that's kind of a daunting thing to be up here speaking to you about. But at the same time, I feel like it's truly the best thing that we could talk about to start this new year. It's the best thing because Jesus said so, and we're going to get into that. Like I said, I'm grateful for this opportunity. I came here, man, I came here not to preach. I'll tell you that much. But I, I'm super excited to be able to do this because God has a sense of humor and he knows that I hate public speaking. So never tell God that you're never gonna do something, okay? Because you never know when you're gonna end up standing up here like me. But I am super grateful for this chance to do this because, gosh, I feel like over these last four years since we moved to Omaha from Sioux Falls, South Dakota with Monty and his family and a number of other families I just feel like God has been doing something incredible. I mean, hundreds of decisions people have made to follow Jesus. I mean, come on. Hundreds of people have been baptized through Meadows Church. I mean, that's incredible. Miracles are happening every single week in this place. The fact that you're here today, you drove out in that cold, I mean, that's a miracle in and of itself, right? So you're here today. That's, that's a sign of God's goodness. That's a sign of God's love. And, and I know that for us, the, the topic of love is, Gosh, the world wants to pull us in so many different directions, right? The world wants to, to tell us that, you know, we get to create our own definition of the word love. 
right? I've, I've seen this everywhere, and you have too. Love is love, right? That's what we see all over the place these days. Love is love, which basically means, at least the way that I understand it, love is love means that you get to create your own definition of what love means. So for me, love might be something different than it is for you, for you, for you, for you. That's what the world tells us. Or the world says that you can fall in love or you need to fall in love, like graduating high school, going to college, getting a job, then you fall in love. That's like the natural progression of life, right? But how many of you know falling rarely happens on purpose? Falling is typically an accident, so you don't necessarily want to fall in love. And I hear a lot of stories about people falling out of love anyway. So I think that for us, we need to understand what love is. And really, I mean, that's kind of the wrong question or the wrong thought, isn't it? Love isn't a what. If the world says that love is love, and if the world says that you're supposed to fall in love, what does God's word say love is? Or who does God's word say that love is? Well, John told us in 1 John chapter 4. If you've got your Bibles or mobile device, open it up to 1 John chapter 4. That's different from the Gospel of John. So the New Testament starts Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. And later on in the New Testament, there's three books, 1st, 2nd, and 3rd John. We're going to be in 1st John chapter 4, starting with verse 7. Again, we know what the world says love is. We get enough of that every single day. But we don't get to really decide what love is. That's kind of a tough thing. We don't get to decide what love is because John's going to tell us who love is. John, by the way, would know who love is because John walked with him for three years. John knew him personally. John saw all of his miracles. John saw so much more than you can think or imagine. So for him to be writing this, it holds a lot of weight. 1 John chapter 4, verse 7. Those who are loved by God, let his love continually pour from you to one another, because God is love. Hmm. There it is, right there. God is love. Everyone who loves is fathered by God and experiences an intimate knowledge of him. The one who doesn't love has yet to know God. Think about that for a second. For God is love. Again, he repeats it because truth is worth repeating. The light of God's love shined within us when he sent his matchless son into the world that we might live through him. This is love, and I hope you're ready. So whoever's calling, tell them this right now because they need to know. This is love, okay? John's about to tell us this is love. He loved us long before we loved him. He loved us long before we loved him. It was his love, not ours. He proved it. File that one away for a little bit later. He proved it by sending his son to be the pleasing, sacrificial offering to take away our sins. John knew some stuff. I mean, who talks like that? Who writes like that? Who thinks like that? John could write like that and talk like that and think like that because he knew who love was. How important is it to know the love of God? How important is it to love like Jesus? That's oh, pretty important. You could say it's the most important thing you'll ever know or ever do. You could say it's a matter of life and death. I mean, Jesus talked about it all the time. Jesus talked about it all the time. What's the one Bible verse pretty much everybody in the world knows even if they don't love Jesus? For God so what? Loved the world. He wants you to know that he loves you. And he wants you to know how he loves. And Jesus, it was his greatest commandment. It was his greatest commandment. So again, in your Bibles, now we are going to the gospel of John. John chapter 13. 
John chapter 13, King Jesus is nearing the end of his life here on the earth. I'm 32 years old. Jesus was about 33 when he died. So by the time Jesus was 32 my age, he was doing a lot of crazy stuff. He was doing a lot of amazing stuff. And I thought to myself the other day when I was preparing, I was like, dang, like, I've got to get my life together here. Jesus was my age, man. That's crazy. It's crazy to think about. But Jesus, in his final day on the earth with his disciples, this is the Last Supper, the setting, the scene that we all know about. Jesus is with his disciples, and he gives them a new commandment. In John chapter 13, and I'm going to stop after just one little piece of this. John chapter 13, verses 34 through 35, Jesus says to his disciples on his last night on the earth, so now I'm giving you a new commandment. Love each other. And if he would have stopped there, the disciples probably would have been pretty confused because even though the disciples didn't have the New Testament right in front of them, they were living it out. And back in Matthew chapter 22, Jesus said almost the exact same thing. He's already said this before, so when he says, I'm giving you a new commandment, they're probably like, okay, this is going to be really good. This is going to be really powerful. This is going to be really like just, I mean, this is the moment right here. He's finally giving us the orders. And then he says something they've already heard. Back in Matthew chapter 22, Jesus, who was constantly challenged by the Pharisees, the Pharisees, the religious leaders of the time, constantly trying to trap Jesus, constantly trying to get him arrested. At this point in time, in John chapter 13, they're trying to have him killed. In Matthew 22, they just really want him to screw up so they can arrest him, get him in trouble. And ultimately, they, their hearts were to kill him. So they asked him, and they're asking him these simple questions because they want him to stumble on a simple answer. But Jesus, the word of God in human flesh, he doesn't screw up. He had such a good relationship with God the Father. He had such a great relationship with the scriptures that he couldn't screw up. It was written right here. Everything that he needed to know, every question that he had to answer, he'd already been tempted by Satan himself. He didn't need, he, he didn't need the testing of the Pharisees to prove that he knew the word. But they asked him anyway because they want him to trip up. They want him to say something wrong. They asked him, teacher. And I love how they kind of just like demean Jesus by calling him teacher even though they're not listening to what he's saying. But they're like, teacher, what's the greatest commandment? What's the greatest commandment? And Jesus responds to them in love, by the way, because he could have just blew them off. But in love, he responded, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. A second is equally important. Love your neighbor as yourself. The entire law and all the demands of the prophets are based on these two commandments. You wanna know what's crazy is that Jesus came to fulfill that. He fulfilled it, he did it perfectly. He didn't screw up even a single bit. He stayed on that narrow path all 33 years of his life. But how many of you also know that Jesus didn't just come to fulfill, he came to bring something new. He does new things and he wants to do something new in you today, I believe it. I believe it. He wants to show you how to love in a brand new way today. So, jumping back to John chapter 13, Jesus, it's his last night with the disciples. It's the last supper. He's like, I'm giving you a new commandment. I'm giving you a new commandment. But what does he say? He says, just as I have loved you, you should love each other. Your love for one another will prove, remember I said to file away prove, 
your love for one another will prove to the world that you're my disciples, just as I have loved you. Man, I wish it said, like, in a similar way as I have loved you. Or I wish it said, like, as I interpret the way that you love me, Jesus, I can love others that way. Or as I determine, you know, this is a version of your love for me, Jesus, I'll do bits and pieces of your love for me, and that's going to be good enough. That's not what he said, is it? And he doesn't make mistakes when he speaks. Just as I have loved you, you should love each other, which leads me to today's main point. So if you got something to write this down, write it down. If you don't have something to write down, write it down anyway. (laughs) This is the main point today, and I'm sure this is going to absolutely bring your earth crumbling to pieces. But if you want to love like Jesus, church, you need to know how Jesus loves. That seems so simple, right? Just like with the disciples who are like, okay, love each other. That's, yeah, okay, that's, that's good. That's the great commandment, Jesus. But he took it up a notch. He turned up the heat. He didn't just say love as you love yourself. He said love just as I have loved you. If you want to love like Jesus, you need to know how Jesus loves. And again, just like anything else that's worth doing, loving like Jesus is way easier said than done. And again, if you're resolving to do anything new in 2022, loving like Jesus should be at the top of your list. If you're watching online, you gotta love like Jesus. You gotta come be here with these people and love like Jesus. I know it's cold today, but man, it's awesome to be here, isn't it? It's so amazing. I'm so grateful for all of you being here and and pressing into this. Again, it sounds super simple, but it's not about what we declare. It's about what we demonstrate. We can say we love like Jesus all the time, We can say the right thing, but doing the right thing is way different. It's a lot harder. It's a lot harder. And we're going to get into that in a minute here. But we need to understand part of the difficulty of loving like Jesus, just as I have loved you, part of that difficulty was displayed in the moments before he spoke these words. Just before he said this, at the Last Supper, remember, what do we all remember from the Last Supper? We remember communion. We remember, if you've ever seen like a Last Supper pageant, you, you, you remember all the disciples wondering which one is going to betray Jesus and lead him to his death. We remember a lot of different pieces of the Last Supper, but one piece that often gets kind of pushed to the back burner is this scene at the beginning of John chapter 13. The scene where Jesus gets up from the dinner table. Remember, Jesus, the King of kings, Lord of lords, these people that he's sitting with, his disciples, they've been following him. He's their leader. He's their leader, and he's not only their leader, but they believe that he's the king of kings. Peter himself has already acknowledged that Jesus is the Messiah, and and Jesus acknowledges to Peter, only God could have revealed this to you. So these people know who Jesus is. They know that he's meant to be a king. They know that his kingdom, like Pastor Monty talked about, is meant to last forever. And what does Jesus do? What does love do? What kind of example does he set before he says, love each other just as I have loved you? He gets down on his knees. He gets down on his knees and he begins to do something that is super disgusting. He starts to wash their feet. And keep in mind at the time, they didn't have running water like we have at the time. They didn't have showers and stuff. And this is the end of the day. This is dinner time. So this is the end of the day. They're all sitting there. None of them have washed their feet And Jesus gets down on his knees and washes their feet. 
And why is that significant? Well, first and foremost, we need to understand something. Feet are gross. Feet are disgusting, okay? If you like feet or if you like taking care of your own feet, I'm, I feel sorry for you. I, know I, I take care of my feet as far as I need to, you know, like clipping toenails and stuff. Even talking about it grosses me out, though, okay? Toenails, when they're too long, disgusting. The stuff that gets between your toes, gross. The fact that the bottom of your feet get moist in between your socks and your shoes, it's the worst. And the smell, don't even get me started, okay? So if you are a person that likes feet, power to you, okay? But... Jesus, I can't imagine this was a very pleasant thing for him to do. But as disgusting as the feet were, the act of love that he shows here is even crazier understanding something. Understanding the fact that Jesus knew the hearts of every single one of his disciples in that moment. He knew what was about to go down. He knew what was about to transpire. He knew that most of them would leave and forsake him. He knew that Peter would deny him three times deny even knowing him after going through so much together. Peter, remember, Peter walked on water and Peter would deny that he knows Jesus. Think about all the things that Peter did with Jesus, the life that they shared together, the moments that they had, the fact that he denied him. You might take that a little personally if, if we were Jesus, wouldn't we? Jesus knew that Peter was gonna deny him. Jesus knew that Judas was gonna betray him. And I think that a lot of times we forget that, first of all, Jesus washed his disciples' feet at the Last Supper. Second of all, he got down on his knees and he washed Judas's feet. Love washes the feet of the betrayer. Can you believe that? It doesn't make any sense. But if you want to love like Jesus, you need to know how Jesus loves. If you're not willing to love somebody who's going to betray you, I mean, you can do with that what you will. Jesus did it. And Jesus, I believe this with my whole heart, Jesus would never ask you to do anything that he wasn't willing to do himself. He would never ask you to do something that he also wasn't willing to do. When he says love just as I have loved you, that means that he, he set that perfect example that we talked about. Remember he fulfilled those commandments? He fulfilled the law and prophets? And he didn't just accidentally do that, by the way. He did that on purpose. Just as I have loved you, you should love each other. If you want to love like Jesus, you need to know how Jesus loves. And the only way to know how Jesus loves, church, again, earth-shattering news here, the only way to know how Jesus loves is to spend time with him. I mean, we think that maybe the disciples had the only real opportunity to spend time with Jesus, but man, the word of God is here for you today. The word of God is active, alive, moving. Jesus is alive and moving through it. It's incredible what 10 minutes a day for the rest of your days will do. I heard somebody say that somewhere before. I can't remember who said that, but 10 minutes a day for the rest of your days will truly change your days. And that's not just a, that's not just a saying. I mean, my goodness. I committed to doing this back in college. I remember, like, I was really, un, I, I was making a New Year's resolution, like, 11 years ago. I made a New Year's resolution that I wanted to get healthy. Like, I wanted to get fit. I wanted to lose weight. I just felt really terrible. I felt really terrible, and I, I was, like, thinking to myself, you know, I want to do all these different things. I'm making all these plans of, like, what I'm going to eat, how I'm going to work out. I mean, how, how many times I'm going to do it every single week. I'm making all these plans, and I felt super convicted because I wasn't making any plans to get into this. And I know that may seem, like, super unrelated, but, man, 
we do so much to take care of our earthly selves, and we forsake our spirit. We forsake our spirit because a lot of times, just like, think about this. If you were to eat one meal on Sunday morning, if you were to eat one meal on Sunday morning and not eat anything else for the rest of the week, I mean, nobody does that. (laughs) Nobody does that. Why is that? Well, because we get hungry. We take care of ourselves. We eat at least three meals a day. We, we schedule in our snacks. You know, we have all these different things. Our cupboards are full. Everything is ready to go at, the, at our fingertips. But with this, you know, we might take what we, what we see on the screen here on Sunday as everything that we eat for the entire week. We got to do something different, church. Again, if you want to know how Jesus loves, if you, <laughs> excuse me, the only way to know how Jesus loves is to spend time with him. Are you in the word? Are you reading the word? Are you doing it daily? Are you doing it every other day? Wherever you're at, it's okay. I'm not trying to condemn you, and, and neither is Jesus. If you're feeling convicted in this moment, however, that's the Holy Spirit. It's not me, it's the Holy Spirit. But you should feel convicted a lot of times when you're, when you're living a life that is going backwards away from Jesus, you should feel convicted. You should feel convicted when you hear truth and, and I hope that the Holy Spirit is speaking truth to you today. Are you in the word? Are you praying? Are you spending time with God? Are you talking to Jesus? Because the only way to know how Jesus loves is to spend time with him. Relationship with God requires intentionality. It requires intimacy. And it requires vulnerability. Like I said, it took me a long time to, to get intentional about my relationship with Jesus. But man, when you do... Something inside of you gets set free. I mean, your, your whole world is different. It's not just your life. It's the life of everyone around you. It's your spouse. It's your friends. It's your coworkers. When you're reading the word for 10 minutes a day, I mean, just start there. Start with one chapter a day. One chapter of God's word a day, and I guarantee you over the course of an entire year, you'll be so much different than you are sitting here today. And I'm believing that even if you've been reading the word for years and years, even if you've been reading the word, it should still come alive to you every single day. Because why? It's a love letter. Jesus loves you. He's always wanting to reveal more and more to you. Again, I'm not trying to preach at you. I'm not trying to condemn, but I hope the Holy Spirit is convicting. I hope the Holy Spirit is convicting. Remember, the only way to know how Jesus loves is to spend time with him. Jesus understood better than anyone that a life of righteousness, of holiness, like he lived, a life of love, it had to be intentional. He had to be intentional about time with the Father. Again, remember what I said. Jesus won't ever ask you to do something that he wasn't willing to personally do. Jesus, he had scripture memorized. Remember when Jesus was taken into the wilderness, tempted by Satan? He combated Satan with scripture. He combated Satan with Old Testament, what he knew to be true because he read it, because he lived it, because he was the word. And Jesus constantly, you, you see this, when you read the word, I guarantee you, you read, the, you read the gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, you'll see time and time again, they make references to Jesus went off into a quiet place. Jesus went up into the mountain to be with the Father. Jesus had to be with the Father. Jesus went to be with the Father. Even at the age of 12, okay? Even at the age of 12, Jesus' parents lose him in the caravan of people leaving the temple. They've, they've been missing him for days, and they go back and they find him and he's like, not in, a, not in a rude way because we know Jesus never sinned, right? 
But he's like, didn't you know that I had to be with my father? He knew that at the age of 12. Now that's crazy. But Jesus knew from, from birth that true love requires an intentional loving relationship with the father. Jesus was God in human flesh, but he still prioritized time and intimacy with his father. He understood the word. He understood scripture, even though he was the word. Like I said, hundreds of prophecies in the Old Testament, they weren't fulfilled by accident. Jesus knew the prophecies that he had to fulfill because he was digesting them every single day of his life. True love requires intentionality. If you want to love like Jesus, you need to know how Jesus loves. And to know how Jesus loves, you got to spend time with him. Paul, who wrote a bunch of the New Testament, he actually had some pretty amazing things to say about love. A lot of really amazing things, actually. Again, just like John, I I wonder sometimes I'm reading, I'm like, how the heck did this guy think this way? How did he speak this way? How do you put these kind of words on paper? And this, 1 Corinthians chapter 13, if you got your Bibles, again, turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 13 and, and bookmark it because this is kind of a test, okay? You might have heard this scripture read at weddings. You might have heard it in church before, but this is a test because Paul is gonna tell us a lot of attributes of love. Again, if we wanna love like Jesus, we need to know how Jesus loves. And this, Paul experienced it firsthand. He experienced it firsthand. He knew Jesus. He had a relationship with Jesus. And he wrote this in 1 Corinthians chapter 13. Love is large and incredibly patient. Love is gentle and consistently kind to all. It refuses to be jealous when blessing comes to someone else. Love does not brag about one's achievements nor inflate its own importance. Love does not traffic in shame and disrespect or selfishly seek its own honor. Love is not easily irritated or quick to take offense. Love joyfully celebrates honesty and keeps no record of what is wrong. Love is a safe place of shelter, for it never stops believing the best for others. Love never takes failure as defeat, for it never gives up. This is my favorite one. Love never stops loving, just as I have loved you. Remember that? It never stops. Anywhere the word love is in those verses, this is the test that I talked about. Anywhere you see the word love in those verses there, can you accurately substitute your name? That's tough. Jesus lived a life where he truly could. That's why he could say love just as I've loved you because he could accurately substitute his name in there. For me, man, I feel like I fall short right at number one. Incredibly patient, ah, big yikes on that one. That, it, I'm not a patient person, I'll tell you that much right now. And it took everything in me. We were doing a, a VIP rumble right before, right before we started the service today, and I had my, my coffee, like, which, by the way, is basically like oxygen on Sunday morning for me. I had my coffee sitting right here on the stage, and my daughter comes up, and she sits down, and she like scooted herself back on the stage and just knocked the whole thing over. And I'm like, wow, I get to preach about the love of Jesus. And, and here she is knocking down my coffee in front of everybody. So I just have to sit here with a big smile on my face while inside I'm torn apart. I was bleeding on the inside, people. That was brutal. But can you accurately do, put that down for your homework? Can you accurately put your name into 1 Corinthians 13? 
Check back in after a year, after a year of spending time with Jesus and let me know how you're doing with that. Are we incredibly patient? Are we gentle? Do we refuse to be jealous? Are we not easily irritated? Wow. Yeah, that's a tough one. Are you a safe place? Love is something we got to strive for, everyone. Love is something that a lot of times, like, the world will diminish love to a feeling, but we know feelings are fleeting. Feelings are constantly changing and fluctuating. Love is, love is a person. Love is God. Love is Jesus. And if anyone knew what love looked like, it was him. That's why we got to get to know him. That's why we got to spend time with him. And like I said, true relationship with Jesus requires vulnerability. And we need people in our lives in order to be vulnerable, right? Again, Jesus wouldn't ask you to do anything that he himself wasn't willing to do. And, and that's true. In this, in this instance, Jesus had people in his life that he could be vulnerable with, that he could do life with. Remember, right before Jesus died, he brought a couple people with him to the garden. And he's like, just you be here while I go pray. How many of you know how different isolation is versus solitude? Isolation is you separating from everyone else and thinking that you with your own thoughts, that you can handle anything and everything. That's way different than being in solitude, being in a place with God where you're reading the word, where you're praying. When you're in solitude with God, it's gonna lead you to a life where you're constantly around other people, being vulnerable, being intentional, being loving, being caring. That's why you need a life group. And I have the life group card right here. They're on the chair backs. And I just wanna encourage you, before you even leave this place today, I know a lot of times like we, we prioritize again, like, well, my schedule, and like, I don't know a lot of people, and I don't know if that day of the work is going to work for me consistently throughout the year, and we make all these reasons and excuses, but again, you're making resolutions. We're in the habit. We're in that, that's the season of life that we're in. So I want you to take out one of those red cards, and I want you to figure out a time that's going to work for you to be in a life group, because we need to be vulnerable with each other. We need each other. We need community. Jesus showed us that example. Even God himself is not by himself. It's the three in one, right? God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. Not even God isolates himself. He knows that we need community. He knows that we need each other. So if you're not in a life group, I wanna encourage you to do that today. It's one of the best things that you can do. There's gonna be, be sign-up sheets out at the, the table in the welcome area right outside the door. I just wanna encourage you to think about that and pray about it, but don't pray about it too long because I already know Jesus, again, he set the example. He wants us to love like he loved, right? And, and you think a lot of times, and I think a lot of times that, well, if I'm not there, it's, it's gonna be okay. Somebody else is gonna be there, but guess what? People miss out all the time on the miracles and blessings of God because we decide not to show up to them. That's one of the worst things that we can do is to just think that somebody else is gonna take care of our part. You were created to do your part. Nobody else can do your part. Nobody else can encourage somebody the way that you can encourage them. Nobody else is getting the downloads and revelation from heaven that you get. And maybe you don't think that highly of yourself yet. I wanna encourage you today. That's who you are. That's who you were created to be. You were created to do miraculous things. You were created to do miraculous things by the love of Jesus. That's who he is. And if you wanna know the love of Jesus, man, you gotta spend time with him. If you wanna love like Jesus, you need to know how Jesus loves I think that as we go into this next season as a church, 
Pastor Monty's going to be starting a new series next week called Bold Prayers and Big Dreams. And man, I'm being challenged lately of just like my prayer life, my own prayer life. We, we, have, a, we have a group that's called a purpose group. Pastor Monty introduced those to the church back in the fall. But in my purpose group, one of the things that I find I'm consistently asking for accountability with is my prayer life. And a lot of that is because I get so easily distracted and I lose focus of the supernatural because I'm so focused on my earthly life. I'm so focused on the day-to-day. I'm so focused on the things that I have to take care of that I forget to focus on the supernatural. I forget to focus on big-time vision. And so I, I can't wait for this new series. I hope you're inviting someone, which, by the way, an invitation to church for someone is one of the greatest acts of love that you could ever show them. Because if they show up, if they show up here, they're going to meet the Holy Spirit. Because this is a place where the Holy Spirit is alive and moving and active every single week. So invite next week, new series, Bold Prayers and Big Dreams. People won't reach their potential or capacity apart from community. We need to be praying big prayers together. We need to be dreaming big dreams together. We need to be loving like Jesus together. And I think this topic of loving like God and knowing the God of love, I mean, it's it's such a close one for all of us, right? It should be. It should be because it's the one thing that's probably missing from our lives. If we, if we really boil it down to whatever, whatever we think is missing from our lives, that ultimately when we encounter the love of God, it changes everything. It truly changes everything. And I think for me, it's been a process of evolution. You know, for me, the love of God has transformed from Gosh, I can't believe he would forgive someone like me. That's that a loving God, man. He's so loving. He's so gracious. He's so kind. It went from just me knowing that I was saved to me understanding piece by piece the love that a father has for his children. And it became abundantly clear to me when I became a father myself. I became a father about, well, nine years ago. Nine years ago tomorrow, actually. My oldest turns nine tomorrow and her name is Mila, and uh, I remember when she was born, like, gosh, I would, this is so, this is so crazy. So when Bethany, my wife, was pregnant, which, by the way, Bethany, who leads our amazing kids ministry, can we give her some honor today? That's my wife. So when Bethany got pregnant with our first, I was like, I, something triggered inside of my head. Like, I would wake up in the night just, like, with my hand over her belly, like, thinking that something was going to fall on it or something, like, trying to protect, you know? So this protector instinct kicked in for me. But it wasn't until a couple days after Mila was born that I feel like God put something inside of me that didn't previously exist. And it happened like a flash of lightning. It happened like a flash of lightning that just, like, tattooed on my heart, this love that I had never known or understood before. I'm, I'm sitting there. Mila went into the NICU after she was born, so she had to be attached to these, you know, wires for a couple days, and they're just monitoring her vitals, just being extra cautious. And there was nothing, nothing wrong with her or anything like that. They were just being cautious because of high blood pressure during the birthing process. So Mila's on these machines, and for somehow I got in there by myself one day. I don't know how that, if you've, if you've had a kid, you know that everybody comes to see you at that time. Everybody that you don't even remember that you met people, they come and visit you at the hospital after you've had a kid. But I remember I got some time in there by myself and I was just sitting there with her, holding her, attached to these wires and that lightning strike moment happened. 
this lightning strike moment happened where I was like, dang, like, I get it. At least a little bit, I get it. Like how much you love me. This is crazy. I remember these thoughts just like flooding in in a moment like, I'll jump in front of a train for this kid. I'll jump in front of a bus for this kid or a bullet or whatever I have to do, I'll do it. Even though she couldn't do anything for me. She couldn't reciprocate my love at all. Remember 1 John chapter four? It's like he loved us first when we couldn't love him back. And that kind of love doesn't make sense to an infant because they have no idea. They have no idea how much we love them. They have no clue how much we want what's best for them. They have no clue. She had no clue. I'm sitting there holding her, tears streaming down my face, just thinking about like, man, it's all hitting me at once, this love, this love that I have for this child. And I feel like in my humanness, in my frailty, all the things that I've done wrong, of all the things that I don't deserve in this life, I felt like I didn't deserve to understand that in that moment. To know the love of God, even just a fraction, even just a tiny little bit. Because I know if I love my kid that much, how much more does God love me? How much more does he love you? How crazy is his love for you? And I remember also, at that same time, it felt like my greatest fear in life was birthed. Remember that lightning strike moment that I talked about where I felt like the love of God just came over me? Well, at the same time, I feel like this fear came over me, like I don't want anything to ever, ever happen to my kids, ever. And I would like bargain with God. I'd be like, God, okay, here's the deal. Like I'm working at the church. I, uh, you know, I've been reading my Bible now for a couple years pretty consistently. I've been doing things right. Like we prayed growing up, like my parents, they brought us up in a really great home. Like I feel like I've done all these different things right now. I know that grace is undeserved and, and I, don't, I don't deserve any of that, but you did it for me, Jesus. You love me. I get that. I get that you say that I'm worthy. So here's my, here's my deal. Here's my bargain. You don't let anything happen to my kids ever, and I'll continue to do what you ask. I'll do anything. I don't care what it, I'll preach at Meadows Church eight years from now. I don't care. I'll do anything as long as you make sure nothing ever happens to any of my kids. And I felt like we had a pretty solid agreement. I continue to do my thing. Mila, she was awesome. Slept through the night. <laughs> which my wife is really the only one that that affects anyway, so I don't know why I celebrate that, but, but she was awesome. She was a great first kid. And I'm like thinking, man, we gotta have more kids. Like, this is great, this is awesome. So we did. We got pregnant again. Mila was three years old by the time we, well, she was two when we got pregnant and three by the time this next thing happened. Remember, I told you, I, I made a deal with God. I thought we were solid on both sides. Then I felt like he went back on his end of the bargain. Back in 2016, this is still so crazy to talk about. Back in 2016, we had our next kid. 
His name was Theo. It's crazy how fresh these, these wounds feel still today. Six years. The joy of knowing that I would become a father to a son was completely destroyed. And I blamed God. I blamed God for all of it. I was like, what's wrong with you? How could you do this to me? How could you let me feel this pain? We had a deal. We had a deal. And you went back on your word, even though he never promised me anything. Matter of fact, the word promises that we're going to experience pain and trials. And I swore at God. I cursed him. I said everything to God that I feel like I always wanted to say, but I was too afraid because I didn't actually have a relationship with him. Remember, if you want to love like Jesus, you need to know how Jesus loves. So I started screaming at him. To make matters worse, the day that we went in for that ultrasound and found out that Theo's heart wasn't beating. The hospital was full, so we had to wait. We had to wait another day to go in because Bethany was far along in the pregnancy at this time that she still had to actually give birth to him. And I just remember sitting there thinking like, I felt like God was such a jerk. I felt like he didn't care about me. I felt like everything that I ever believed about him or chose to believe was a lie. And I cursed him and I swore at him and I punched stuff and I threw stuff and I was, I was mad because I feel like this was the first real tragedy that I've experienced in my life. I lost loved ones before, but this hit different. And I remember in those moments, this deep, dark moment, a level of sadness that I had never experienced before up until this point. I realized that as I was screaming at God, cursing him, yelling at him, I realized that this was the first time in a really long time that I'd actually even talked to him. I hadn't talked to him in a long time. I hadn't thanked him for much. And he didn't do this on purpose, I know. God doesn't cause bad things to happen, people. If you believe that, I hope you change the way you think today. He doesn't cause bad things to happen, but I know something else. He knows all things. And he knew this was gonna happen, and he didn't prevent it. And I asked myself the question, why? Why didn't you prevent it? You did miracles in the Bible. I've read about you raising kids from the dead. I've read about you doing crazier things and making someone's heart beat again, so why can't you do this for me? And I just remember in that sadness, in that pain, in that deep sorrow, I experienced the love of God like never before. It's hard to even convey or explain. And as we were sitting there, after I calmed down a little bit, I realized that God was telling me it's okay for you to be mad at me. I don't know who needs to hear that or know that today, but it's okay for you to be mad at God. If you need to say something to him, you can say it. He can take it, he's God. And he'll love you no matter what. Remember, love never stops loving. 
there's a few things that God can't do and he can't change. So love will never stop loving you no matter what you think or say or feel. He never stops loving you and he never did. I remember having plenty of time to think about what that day was gonna be like. I mean, the thought of holding our child I mean, I didn't, I, I almost thought like, I don't even wanna see him. I don't wanna see him because I can't face that pain. But I remember being at the hospital that night after he was finally born, I remember just looking at him, looking at his face, holding his hand. And this peace Bible talks about peace that passes all understanding. And I experienced that. I didn't think, I didn't think I could ever, ever get over that. I mean, I, had, I told God, like, what about prospering in all my ways? What about more than we ask, think, or imagine? And he's like, it's still here. It's here for you. That peace that passes all understanding. God knew something in that moment that I didn't. He knew that what I thought I couldn't handle in my weakness, that he would be made stronger than ever. It wasn't long after Theo was born that, that we made the decision to, to come with Pastor Monty and the, the other families that were coming to Meadows Church in Omaha. I had lived in Sioux Falls, South Dakota my entire life. I had no desire to leave. I had no desire to do anything different from what I knew as normal, especially after that tragedy, especially after going through what I did. I just wanted to be close to home. I wanted to be close to my, my family. But if I had never gone through that tragedy, I know that I would have never gone past the barriers that led us here today. If you wanna love like Jesus, you need to know how Jesus loves. And how Jesus loves is crazy. He gets into the deepest, darkest moments of your life and he's willing to step in. He's willing to press in. His love is sacrificial. His love is never ending. His love never fails. Do you have a relationship with him today? Do you have a strong enough relationship with him to scream at him, yell at him when stuff doesn't go the way you want it to? because he can take it. To start off 2022, I think the best thing that we can possibly do in understanding the love of the Father is to read about it, to get to know him, to have a relationship with him. He desperately wants a relationship with you, church. His love doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. And if you love like Jesus, if your life reflects love for Jesus, if your life is proof like we talked about, your life won't make sense either which is awesome. And I hope that in 2022, your life doesn't make sense in the best way. So Jesus, what do you want for us today? What do you want us to know? What do you want us to do? He wants you to know today, church, that his love is here for you. And he wants you to surrender to that love. He wants you to make the decision to change the world by loving like he does. So I'm gonna pray. I wanna invite the prayer warriors to come. I'm gonna pray for us. And before I do, I want you to pull out one of those green connect cards. 
if you've never made a decision to follow Jesus, today's the day. Today's the day to do it. If you're watching online, type I choose Jesus in the comments right now. If you're sitting here in the room and you've never made that decision to follow Jesus, I can't encourage you enough. Mark that box. Make that decision. Let us know about it because we want to celebrate with you. We want to walk with you. I don't know how I could have ever got through that by myself. If I would have gone into isolation after that happened, I think I, I don't know if I'd even still be alive. To, I have no idea what that would have spiraled to. But because there was a firm foundation, the word of God, if even only that was left after that crazy storm of life, I was able to build back from that foundation. And I want you to be able to do the same today. So make that decision to follow Jesus. If you're feeling like your faith is stagnant or you're feeling like, man, I've really fallen away from my faith. I've really gotten away from good habits. I really, I really didn't understand what it means to love like Jesus. Man, mark down that you wanna renew that decision today. There's no better time to do it. Start of a new year, right? It's a new year, it's a new you. I'm gonna pray for us. And if you're making that decision today, I just want you to come meet a prayer warrior before you leave whether it's a renew or a new decision. God loves you. His love for you is crazy. There's no lengths he won't go to. There's no dark place he can't find you. There's no depths that you could reach that he won't be there right there with you. He's always there for you. Love never stops loving. Jesus, thank you so much for this day. Thank you for the opportunity to love like you. I believe that's why we were all put here on this earth. It was the greatest commandment then. It's still the greatest commandment today. Love each other just as I have loved you. My prayer is that for all of us here at Meadows Church today, that we would love just as you loved, as daunting as that may seem, even if it's just one thing at a time. Patience. God, help us to love like you more. Help us to love like you more and continue to just press in as we press into relationship with you. Every 10 minute opportunity that we get to spend time in your word, God, I just pray that you blow us away and continue to blow us away with the way that you love us. You're so good. You're so, so good. We love you, Lord. We pray it in Jesus' name, amen. Hey, I want to thank you so much for tuning in today, but don't stop there. I invite you to like or subscribe to our social channels. That way you don't miss a single video, update, or message. But not only that, would you consider sharing this message with a friend, coworker, family member? I mean, so many people need hope and encouragement, and you have the ability to bring it directly to them. Finally, one more thing. I want to ask that you would consider giving financially to this ministry. I mean, God has done so much, but yet we believe he wants to do so much more, like so many more people he wants to reach, so much more hope he wants to give, so many more lives that he wants to save, and your investment can help make that happen. So again, thank you so much. I love you, and God loves you more. God bless you.